Once you see what you actually are, that you're an infinite, limitless being, you'll see that nothing exists outside of you. I'm your host, Derek Grant, and this is the Pathway to Your Results Podcast. Welcome back to the Pathway to Your Results Podcast. I am your host, Derek Grant, also known as DG. Um, I hope life is being good to you. No, 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 sorry. I hope you're viewing life as quote-unquote good. Life is what it is. It's up to us to change or, or determine how we view it. Today, we're going to talk about a topic. You know, we're going on the science side of it. I'm, I'm, I always loved science growing up, but then I, yeah, let me say I didn't like, it's not that I didn't like math. I really think science and math are actually interlinked, but I started to move more towards the mathematics side here over the last two or three years, but I've always loved science, but we're going down the science route right now, okay? We're going to talk about epigenetics. Epigenetics, you hear the word epi, 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 right? Episode, epi, pin, epi. Epi means above. That's all it means. It means above. Genetics. So epigenetics is the study of the study of changes in organisms caused by modification of gene expression rather than alteration of genetic code itself. Modification of gene expression rather than the alteration of the genetic code itself. So today we're going to dive into what epigenetics is. And I got to start off with this story, okay? I don't know what year it was, but here's what scientists did. They did an experiment. And we talked about this in a couple episodes, but I was going to introduce this. But before I tell you this, the reason why I even started going down this rabbit hole of freaking writing a thesis paper on epigenetics, the reason why was because I started to realize through doing ancestral trauma healing that my issues that I have in my life weren't necessarily things that happened in my direct experience of my 40 years on this earth. I started to realize and see through meditations and, 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 and conversations with, with in altered states of consciousness with uh, you know grandparents and great-great-great-grandparents and seeing things. And I started to see that the energy of you know generations four and five generations back, I was still manifesting and living out. They were still with the, I didn't think they were there. I didn't know. I had no idea. So I was like, what is this? And then I was in the shower, of course, because that's my think tank. This is where I I pull it down from the ether, as my as my tattoo artist says. And I realized that there was like something more, something more. There's other things in my life that are dictating my life that I'm not aware of. And so I started just finding out and learning about epigenetics. So I stumbled across a story of uh, that scientists did an experiment on mice and they put male mice and female mice in the same cage and they made the, the floor electric so they could shock them whenever needed. And then they put food in the corner and then they had vents coming in and the vents would come in with the smell of cherry blossom. Cherry blossom would blow in and they would when they would eat the food, when it was time to eat. And then when the mice would start eating the food, then they would shock the floor. Well, when they shocked the floor... It shocked the mice. The mice had attributed getting shocked with eating and then with eating cherry blossom. So they split up the, the, the males and the females. They took them out. And then they had those males and females go and mate with other males and females that were not in the cage. So then they, we mated with them. So now, now the females from both groups are now in their own separate cages with the babies. They take the females out and now it's just the babies, right? It's just the babies in the cage. Now, they put the food out, they pump in cherry blossom scent, and these 
babies won't eat the food. They won't eat it. As if they knew that something negative would happen with this cherry blossom scent. And when they took out the cherry blossom scent and they put the food out, they would eat it. And they realized that this is something, it's epigenetics. And here's, here's why. We, 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 we've talked about this. Three great planes of existence. Spiritual plane, mental plane, physical plane. Spirit, mind, body, right? Our bodies are products of both spirit and the external environment. So when we look at our life right now, like literally a new civilization is being born because humans are realizing that there's more than just our physical body. We're tapping back in. We're going back to what we actually were. But also, too, science is catching up. Quantum physics is not some taboo thing. It's like a real thing. I'm going to do an episode on that. It will blow your mind. But I say that because scientific materialism, which was founded by Isaac Newton, is starting to become like obsolete. You know, he viewed the universe as a machine, essentially. He created this thing called what we go by a Newtonian physics, which is basically the science of the material world, the science of the scene. But we're starting to see now that the unseen is what dictates the scene. So he created the physics of the physical universe by him first creating calculus. First of all, I don't know if you guys, if you guys took calculus in college. I took calc and I took pre-calc. I don't even, it was hard for me to learn it, let alone like pull it down. But when you start studying Isaac Newton, he was highly spiritual. I mean, to the point where he like had to burn his papers because the church considered him a heretic. But that's a whole nother thing. We won't get into that. My, my, my point of this is, is we go by what is seen. So when we see something, we believe that it's real. We think it's real. Think about it in life. Look at, and that's, I'm talking on the scientific level, but if we go to the macrocosm of it, the macrocosm is you and your life. Everything that we see in this physical universe literally first started with the unseen. It started with someone's imagination. I'm not even, we could go lower level, obviously get to the subatomic particle level, but we're going to stop right there. The unseen is what dictates the scene. The emotions, the thoughts are what dictate your actions. Actions are seen, thoughts and emotions are unseen, okay? Let's keep going now. So I say that 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 Isaac Newton had created the physical universe by first creating calculus. So he put physical characteristics of the planets and accurately predicted the movements of the solar system, basically. And at that time, we were living in a civilization that was uh, monotheistic, meaning that we believed in one God. So the church, like I said, they considered him a heretic because the church was running the civilization of... Pretty much everything, as we know, church and state were one. They were running everything. But then his data that he was finding through calculus and the study of the physical planets didn't fit the knowledge that was offered by the church. So essentially, he made a truce and said he will only study the material and physical world of this universe. And he'll leave behind the spiritual study of the unseen world to the religion, such as spirit. So now that's why we think spirit and matter are separate. This is where it started at. Spirit and matter are not separate. Matter is just spirit and physical form. So I, the, the fact that we have separated spirit from matter or spirit from mind, spirit is everything. This is why you look at the, the, the hermetic principles of, of the seven hermetic principles, the seven universal laws of life. The universe is mental. The universe is mind. Mind was just another word for spirit. Everything is spirit. There's nothing that it wasn't. Spirit, consciousness, light, whatever you refer to it, it is everything. Newtonian, sorry, Isaac Newton knew this. So this is where the separation of physics and metaphysics 
essentially was born. So now science refuses to step on the feet of the church. So this is why you're either science or you're religion. And I'm going to do I'm going to do a three-part series here in a couple of weeks that will blow your mind of how science, spirituality, and religion, how they're all interlinked. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to give you more meaning, more context to whatever religion you're part of, whatever belief system that you have. Jesus, if you love Jesus before this, you're going to love Jesus after this. When I link them all together, I promise I've been I've been working on this for four weeks. It's going to blow your mind. But anyway, so Newtonian physics basically led us to a new understanding of the physical universe. But there's four myths that were accepted as scientific truths and that basically created a culture around it. So we built a civilization on incorrect information. So number one, here's the myth. Biology is based on Newtonian physics. That's a myth. So we believe that our biology conforms to the science of chemistry, thus leaving out the unseen forces of what we call spirit. Here's the, here's the fact. Here's the reality. Biological processes employ quantum physics, which is the physics of the unseen. The entire universe is made up of one thing. We call that energy, consciousness, spirit, whatever concept you want to call it, right? There is an energy of who we are in this field, this sea of energy, and we have left it out because it's invisible because of Newtonian physics, which have us attached to the material world. And if it's not part of the material world, then it's not quote unquote real. Newtonian physics is alive and viable, but Newtonian physics is a part of quantum physics. You see, so when I see what I created or what someone else has created in the physical world, that was a part of the unseen that I never got to see of the thoughts and emotions. Myth number two, genes control biology. That's a myth. Epigenetics proves that this isn't true. We believe that genes turn off and they turn on and that we didn't pick the genes we were born with, which makes us feel like we're a victim of our family circumstances. And so now we think that the genes will convey what time of life we will, what type of life we'll have. The example like, oh, okay, sorry. An example of this is like cancer genes or like obesity or something that is um, like we, we can't help it. We were just born that way. How many times we say that? Oh, well, it's in his, it's in his genes. Epigenetics, though, and like I said, epi means above, has proven that there is something above and unseen that influences genetics. There's something above it. It's the unseen. When you read the Universal, the Universal One by Dr. Walter by Walter Russell, that was written in 1926, he talks about the one substance, the one substance, the one substance. Everything is one. Everything is one energy. It is one force. It was one thing. That seems as if it's different. So the analogy that I use is an ice cube. An ice cube looks like it's a different substance than water when it's liquid. And then we look at steam. We say steam is different from water. So we see these three different states, but it's still water. That's a microcosm of, of every, it's still the one substance. The one substance is light. It's energy. That's it. That's it. I'm not going to get into what, what it is. That's a whole other thing. Let's keep it going. So basically, epigenetics, they found, because of the word epi, right? It means it controls above the genes. So our environment, and more importantly, our perceptions of the environment are what dictate and form our genes. I look at my body. I go on the scale today. 
I am, let me see, do the math here, 60 pounds lighter than I was three years ago. And I never made a conscious effort to lose weight. I changed the way I thought. And because I changed the way I thought, I changed the way I view food. And because I changed the way I view food, I changed the way I eat. And because I changed the way I eat, my genes literally conform to that. Do you see? Let's move on to myth number three. This whole notion behind the survival of the fittest to create competition in life. That's essentially all it's done is created competition. This is our belief that animals produce quicker than plants do. So given a belief that life is a struggle of competition on the planet, it essentially creates a war zone of competition. This is why we had like, if you look at other animals, okay? If you notice a lion, a lion, after a lion has eaten, a lion can be around zebras. A lion, it, a lion only eats because biologically it needs to feed itself. It's not like, oh, I'm going to kill all these motherfuckers. I'm going to get them all like how human beings do. The reality of it is, is cooperation. It's the fact. Cooperation is what drives evolution. So if we look at the microcosm of life, the more you work with people, the more you will grow and evolve. I used to think like, oh man, don't talk to anybody. No, no, like, no, there, you know, there's not enough for everybody. I, I got to make sure, you know, my business, I, I, no, I'm learning like my business, my business, my life, everything grows when I share, when I cooperate with others, right? This takes us to the last one. Myth number four, because of Newtonian physics, we think that evolution is a random process. So, Basically, what this implies is that there's no purpose of us being human beings, but we know that's not true. We know that, the, that it, it's not a coincidence that every single creature, every single creature on this planet is suited for its environment. Because we're able to adapt to our environment and bring harmony to the environment. Right? Think, think about it like this, like... Our genes have to conform to our environment. They have to. Well, how? Why? Do you see? It's 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 because we have it's look, it comes always comes down to the one thing. As within, so without. The inside is what dictates the outside. The unseen is what dictates the scene. So I say that to you because in my own life, I'm learning that there's more to it than just my life. My genes were from my mom and dad. My mom and dad's genes were from their mom and dad's genes. Their mom and dad's genes were from well, when we go, when we go. Like back far enough, slavery wasn't very long ago. So now I'm carrying the energy of slaves. Literally, I've seen this. I don't. I, I'm doing ancestral healing. If you if you have done this before, and I, you know I'm not speaking specifically to minorities, but if any like if you go back far enough, you find trauma, you will see how it manifests itself in your life. So therefore, the energy because we know through thermodynamics that energy is neither created nor destroyed. It literally gets passed down through our genes. But you have the ability right now in space and time. Because I'm not going to allow you to play the victim. You have the ability to change the course of the generations that come after you by you doing the work on yourself. By you doing the work on yourself and going above the gene, the genetic uh, impression that you have right now. Yes, the law of correspondence as above, so below. You have the ability to change the course, to break generational curses within your family. Do you see? Do you see? So this is why it was so important. It was so important not you to, for you not to play the victim and think that you were just circumstance of life. There's more to human expression than this physical life. And this is this is the science of quantum physics. This is a perfect segue into it because I'm going to do an episode that's going to blow your mind. Trust me, episodes. So 
the problem is is that we are overstimulated right now. My from my perspective, we're 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 being we're being um what's the word um just bombarded with everything. You see kids on their phones. I've told you I I I've seen like I was I was at work the other night. Work I was at the office and I saw a food truck and there was like 15 people outside and they were all on their phones. None of them were talking. None of them were talking. They were all like five feet away from each other, but none of them were talking because they were on their phones. So now we're overstimulated. We get overwhelmed. And a natural response when we're overwhelmed, think about the news. All we do is news is, or TV is bad, 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 bad. We get, we get, we get bombarded with lower vibrational stuff. So now we feel overwhelmed. And now the natural response for us when we're overwhelmed is to retreat into forms, various forms of passivity. So now we live in a state of fear, not because we live in a state of fear. You won't, you won't, you won't try. You won't try certain things. And you won't try certain things because you're afraid of failing. And now you've limited, you'll limit your circle of action. And now we give ourselves this illusion that because we're limited, like we have more control over our life. So now the less you attempt, now you think there's a less chance of failure. So now, if we can make it look like we're like responsible for our fate, now this powerlessness that we have becomes more pleasant to experience. And for this reason, the reason why this happens is because we become attracted to certain narratives like, oh, well, genetics determines much of what we do. And we're the product of our times. No, it's a myth. It is a, you have absolute control over your life. But it has to do with the unseen. It's the thoughts. It's the emotions. So now, if you can change the way you think, I think Bob Proctor said a right way of thinking, right? A right way of thinking. This is why the mind was all, this is why you see me. Every time you see me, I don't care where you see me. You will never catch me in a shirt that does not say life is mental. You'll never not catch me for the rest of my existence because everything was through the mind. Everything was through the mind. Understand that. It's going to start with you, including on the physical scientific level of your genes. Your genes are just literally taking orders from your from, from consciousness, from spirit. So this is why I do this podcast. This is why I um, continue to help people, help souls. This is why I'm, I'm, I'm embarking on a journey to try and get out here in front of the world so I can help the world. You get to a certain place in your life where you've, you've done the work on yourself. Now you can't not help somebody else. Think about it. It's like when you go to a family reunion, you taste something good. You taste that potato salad and you're like, man, this is good. You can't not share it. You got to share it with somebody. Girl, taste this. Taste this. You see. So I'm, I'm, I, 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 this is a brief introduction into the power of epigenetics. And I'm going to do an episode here to show you. So this is, it's not specific for black people, but for, for anyone involved in this civilization to see how minorities in America aren't necessarily victims, but there are unseen dictators of traumas that they are dealing with in subconscious programs through epigenetics. But that's a whole nother episode. And I I promise you we'll get into, I told you 2023, we are going there. We are going there. So I wish you nothing but the best. And I thank you for your time. Continue to learn more about yourself. Continue to figure out who you are. And I wish you nothing but the best on the pathway to your results.